Joe Biden holds a town hall with CNN and ugh, it didn't go well. <coughs> the b- media is blowing up on Ted Cruz, who admits making an error, but seems to be ignoring everything else that is kind of more important than Ted Cruz. Uh, Cruz. Um, the Gorilla Glue Girl saga continues and AOC gives up something for Lent. Wait, what? She's a Marxist. Anyway, we'll talk about all that. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Let's get right to it. What a freaking disaster Joe Biden is. Jesus. And I... You can't sit there and say all this stuff was gaffes and stuff. We're going to go, let's go over this. Uh, So Joe Biden had a CNN town hall on Tuesday. As expected, uh, there were no hard-hitting questions uh, from, you know, Anderson Cooper, the CNN moderator who did it. Uh, There were plenty of questions, just like this one. You have... um... Over the years, over your career, you've already spent a great deal of time at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, except now you're living there and you're president. It's been four weeks. What's it like? How's it different? I get up in the morning and look at Jill and say, where the hell are we? Uh, No, it's, um, look, it's, uh... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's, I remember when Anderson Cooper asked President Trump that same kind of question, um... Same kind of question when Trump was president or anyone else saying anything to him like that. I mean, it's kind of like the same. It's kind of like those questions like this weekend when or this. Yeah, this past week when he was asked if during I think it was I think it was Valentine's Day when the reporter asked if she wants him to bring he brings the coffee and she'll bring the donuts. I mean, this kind of just jerking off Biden because he's president. It's just disgusting. It's really bad. I didn't bother watching all of it. But the summary of it won't be too surprising. Biden continued to look old. He did stand for an hour and a half, which was amazing in itself. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he probably... Uh, he I don't know how he, he stood for that long. But he just looks old. He looks tired. He looks lost all the time. His answers to relatively easy questions were really long-winded and rambling. I, I got a bunch of clips. I had to cut them down. They were just so long. I, it's, I can't be sure if this guy actually knew what he was, what the question was in the middles, middle of his answers. These questions just, these answers just went on and on. And of course, uh, Anderson Cooper, I'm not surprised, no hard-hitting questions here. They continued to blame Trump administration for all the world's ills. Be prepared for that to continue as Biden begins to uh, begins to deal with this mess. Uh, it begins to mess up COVID because he is uh, opening schools, which he's screwing up. The economy, which is hurt tanking right now. And the inflation rate, which is going to go up, especially after his $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Oh, my God. 
Cooper never pushed back on any questions, and you're going to hear three questions, three answers coming up that really should have been pushed back on. And there were no tough questions. Nothing nothing like, uh, what do you think about the Andrew Cuomo scandal? What is this stuff with joining the Iranian nuclear deal? Things like that. Though there was news on that today. Um, but we did learn some things. And they're not good. Here is something that can be seen as a bit of a gaffe. Though I'm not really sure about that anymore. Listen, and then I'll explain what I'm thinking. The biggest thing, though, is you remember when you and I, I shouldn't say it that way, as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? So you need the paraffin, you need the needle, you need the mechanisms to be able to get it in. You have to have people who can inject it in people's arms. Now, there are two things about this statement that might raise my eyebrows a little bit. Uh, the first is what he said about getting injections into people's arms. This has been a consistent talking point for the Biden administration and that the Trump administration did not have a plan for implementing these vaccines. When, in fact, Trump did have a plan. Even Dr. God Fauci said he had a plan. Uh, and that plan got us to about a million vaccinations per day. Uh throughout the country. Uh, Biden and Harris didn't seem to know that. They said that they, they were going to have 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days. Guess how many that is per day? That's a, hundred, that's a million vaccinations per day. They had to actually walk that back. So it seems like they really don't know what they're doing. They're really not sure of what's going on. It's almost as if they're just kind of in for the ride right now. The second problem here is that gaffe he made about no vaccine being uh, available when he took office. When, in fact, the day he took office, he got the vaccine. Now, it could be a gaffe, and that wouldn't be a huge surprise. But here's what I'm thinking. Be prepared for the revisionist history. I'm beginning to wonder if... I would not be surprised if a couple of years from now, Biden gets full uh, credit for this vaccine being created. I'm just throwing that out there. And maybe, I know he's not exactly the brightest bulb, and this could, this could very well be a gaffe. This could very well be a gaffe. But don't be surprised if we hear in the future that Trump had absolutely nothing to do with this vaccine. And this reason this vaccine exists is because of Joe Biden. Anderson Cooper then goes on and he asked Joe about when the country could could expect to get back to normal. Not particularly a date, but yeah, about when. He talked a little about herd immunity and the vaccine. Uh, Biden took, talked about that. It took him almost four minutes to get to the point here, so I, I basically took a little, uh, I basically took a little clip. Here is the point. Here is Joe Biden's point about when the country can get back to normal. Um, and so, if that works that way, as my mother would say, with the grace of God and the goodwill of the neighbors, 
that by next Christmas, I think we'll be in a very different circumstance, God willing, than we are today. I think a year from now, when it's 22 below zero here, um, no, a year from now, I think that there'll be significantly fewer people having to be socially distanced, have to wear masks, et cetera, but we don't know. A year? He said a year? This guy ran on the China virus being eliminated, and now he's take, talking about wearing two or to 15 masks a year for a year? He, this, he just basically became president and has admitted right now he's lying. He lied during his president. President Trump, we would not have been a year. That ain't going to cut it. Our kids are getting fat, depressed, and killing themselves. They need school. Our relationships are going into the toilet because we can't, we are stuck inside all the time. There's nowhere to go. We can't go hiking. My fiance and I, we go on, we go uh, to the casino because they're on Indian reservations and they ignore and Indian reservations ignore California regulations. But I don't gamble and I don't like casinos. You can imagine we're having problems because we're just going absolutely stir crazy. This is insane. It's not going to happen. People are not going to put up with it. Not being locked away for another year. As a matter of fact, there are doctors at John Hopkins that are saying we should be at herd immunity by April or May. That we're already over 50% of you to, towards herd immunity. And by April or May, we should be able to go outside. Not December, much less February. We're going to be dealing with this virus for two years? This country is going to shut down for two years? I don't think so. I plan to go to a baseball game this year. I plan to sit in a restaurant to eat dinner this year. I plan to go out without a mask and give a friend a hug and shake hands again. A year. This guy is absolutely nuts. And basically, this should be a talking point. This should be something people are talking about. I know he's only been president a month, but if he seriously thinks this is going to take a year, there are two things about this. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he can blame Trump all he wants, but it's him that doesn't know what he's doing. Or two, Democrats just love shutting us down. And I'm thinking it's probably the latter. They love the control and power they have over us. But I got news to you. People are not going to put up with this for a year. Uh, much less Christmas. Again, we're going to skip the 4th of July. We're going to skip Easter. We're going to skip Thanksgiving again. Yeah, none of that's going to happen. But that wasn't the craziest thing Biden said. Listen to this about why he thinks China is the way China is. This is, this is incredible. The central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of, of uh, China, 
and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms at each country and they, their leaders are expected to follow. This is an absolutely incredible statement. First off, he's not going to speak about the Uyghurs. He's not going to speak about the one China policy or Taiwan or Hong Kong. Um, hello, you're the president of the United States. China is a competing country that we may have to deal with. What do you mean you're not going to talk about them? And speaking of the Uyghurs, before I talk about China in more extreme ways, listen to this short clip, clip from a recent CNN story talking about the sexual abuse and torture of the Uyghur women in concentration camps in several parts of China. Listen. Shocking allegations of gang rape are emerging from detention camps in China. The U.S. government is accusing China of the mass internment of up to two million members of the mostly Muslim ethnic minority group, the Uyghurs, and other groups in recent years. Part of a policy the U.S. State Department says amounts to genocide. Beijing, of course, denies this, claiming the camps are actually vocational training centers aimed at creating jobs and stamping out Islamist extremism. But human rights organizations, not to mention survivors of these camps say that the Chinese government is lying. A warning, the following report has language that may be disturbing for some viewers. CNN's Ivan Watson reports. The traumatized survivor of a nine-month nightmare. Tursunai Ziyawudun, a refugee from China's Xinjiang region, describes the torture and rape she says she endured during detention in a Chinese internment camp. How is your health today after your experience in the camps? I was in a lot of pain and suffered bleeding. After I arrived in the U.S., I had to undergo surgery and my uterus was removed. I've suffered a lot of damage. Tursunai is an ethnic Uyghur. In March 2018, she says police in Xinjiang detained her at a so-called vocational training center for women. Because I lived in Kazakhstan for five years, they wanted me to confess to say I was influenced by American propaganda and foreign organizations. I mean, we just have to look at what's happening in China. We know this is true. The, the Soviets did the same bloody thing. In China, we now have concentration camps and gulags, reports of torture, executions, forced sterilizations. They had the one-child one policy in China for... Um, for, oh geez, a couple of decades. The one, if you don't know what the One China Policy is, there's a great movie called The One, uh, one Child Policy or One Child in uh, something. I have to look it up. But this movie basically talks about how if you had more than one child, you either had to get an abortion or you had to kill the child. You could, no family could have more than one child. And if you had a girl, you killed the girl. Imprisonment with no due process kidnappings and imprisonment with no due process. That's what's happening in, in freaking Hong Kong right now. Slave labor. That's where your iPhone and your Nikes are coming from. From That's why I won't wear them. I mean, people are working 15 hours a day and getting pennies. Confiscation of property. Theft of intellectual property. Starvation. We have the military occupation of Hong Kong. 
We have threats of invasion of Taiwan and more recently India, already conflicts with India. This is part of that one China thing. Hong Kong, Taiwan, and China are one country. They're all China. All of this goes against all treaties that they've signed. They basically lied. Propagation, propaganda spread through the United Nations and the World Health Organization. They've been lying. For some reason, they're part of the Human Rights Council, which makes absolutely no sense. Infiltration of the United States government. That's where Eric Swalwell comes in. And guess what? Those spies say, oh, we got we got people in there all over the place. They had a spy network running out of the Chinese consulate in Texas. They are Their propaganda is now being pushed through entertainment, pushed through sports. Why do you think basketball won't say anything bad about China? And the education system is actually filled with spy and propaganda machines. And we know about this stuff. And Joe Biden just signed an executive order saying, well, we're not going to watch it anymore. All this stuff is not conspiracy. We all know this for a fact. It's been happening for a very long time. These these are three things that disturb me about this comment that Joe Biden met, made here. The first is that he is excusing genocide, which is the killing of people based on race, religion, or their beliefs. Question for you. What if we just looked at the genocide in Nazi Germany as a cultural difference that we had to ignore because that's what Hitler had to do to remain leader of Nazi Germany because that's what the people expected of him. Do you think that'd be okay? I'm thinking probably not. The second thing that bothers me is looking at how Biden is going really easy on China, which we all kind of knew was going to happen. We shouldn't be surprised uh, considering his family's financial dealings with China, including the money Joe Biden probably got from his son and his brother. But China is becoming more aggressive, and Joe Biden wants to bury his head in the sand, and because his head, can't, since he can't see anything, nothing must be there. We're just going to let China go into Hong Kong? We're going to let China go into Taiwan? Is that what we're going to do? Finally, what does it say about our president who is so easily willing to dismiss genocide as no big deal, part of the culture? Does old Joe or any of his minions think it might be a good idea to implement something like that here? Does old, does, don't be too sure that is not a thing with the Democratic Party, especially leftists like Joe Biden. That they'd love to take someone like me and someone like you who's listening and just kind of stick us away someplace. Oh yeah, they'll go after Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, Joe Rogan. They'll go over after all those people first, but eventually they'll come for us. That's how it works. Let's see how many people are arrested during the Biden administration because they said something dangerous to the Biden regime, about the Biden regime. Don't think it's not a thing in this country. Ask Dinesh D'Souza, Roger Stone, and George Papadopoulos if it is a thing in this country. It is a thing from this country. I mean, Barack, Barack Obama 
actually put somebody in jail from Fox News for saying something he didn't like. This is a thing. And it worries me that we can, that our president will just sit back and dismiss it as a cultural difference. It's really kind of, really kind of scary, especially with how separated we are in politics in this country right now. So in another piece of really important news, uh, Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, took a vacation to Cancun with his family. Uh, So what, you might ask? I mean, I'm asking that. Uh, He took in the middle of the worst winter storm in Texas in over 100 years, and people have not had power for the last four days, five days. 24 people actually died. Okay. Yeah, that's probably not good, not great optics. Maybe he should have waited a few weeks before he decided to do this. It shows him as kind of callous taking a not-my-problem tone. I I can see it. Um, It sucks. Uh, It looks bad. This is going to be used against them in the next election, and it's going to hurt them. But here's the question. Is this hypocrisy in any way? No, better yet, is this the worst example of hypocrisy in American history in the last four years? Yeah, no. So why is the media focusing everything on Ted Cruz and his three-day vacation? Because he's a conservative senator. That's why. The news has covered this scandal at a rate of six to one when it comes to the real scandal, which is that of Andrew Cuomo hiding deaths for his idiotic policies involving sticking COVID patients back into retirement homes. This amazes me. Six to one, the news is reporting the fact that Ted Cruz took a vacation with his kids and wife. By the way, Cuomo's lie has just gone from 60% to uh, 50% to 60% uh, in the number of deaths he undercounted. That was discovered today. So instead of 5,400 being short, it's now up to 6,400 he shorted. So his lies seem to be getting bigger by the second. There are some distinct differences between Cuomo and Cruz in this whole matter, this whole mess. Things that Cruz should have just said, you know, I I did it, it was bad optics, but I did do it, so I'm back now. Cruz made a bad decision. His policies had nothing to do with the storm or the power going out in Texas. In fact, Cruz is technically not even a state employee. He's a federal employee. He's a senator, not a state employee. He has no say in any of the policies within the state. He can make recommendations. He can say things on TV, but he's not a governor. He's not a state senator. He's not a state representative. He's, he's not a mayor. He has no real say. I mean, now that doesn't mean there aren't going to be consequences uh, because of this whole thing. There are going to be consequences. Cuomo's policy, on the other hand, led directly to 6,400 deaths because of his policy. And then he, and then when he found out that, oh shoot, this is a bad thing, he hid the numbers. Yeah, that's that's on him. There is no hypocrisy here at all when it comes to Cruz. Cruz never said he shouldn't travel. Unlike Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, Lori Lightfoot, and Nancy Pelosi, 
who wanted to shut the entire country down than do whatever they wanted, like eat at a posh restaurant with a crowd or get their hair done, they did. That is her, that is hypocrisy. Lori Lightfoot threatened to put people in jail if they got together at a party. And then she goes out and gets her hair done. Gavin Newsom has basically shut down California. Businesses are going under. And then he's going to the French Laundry restaurant in Napa Valley with a group of people, no masks, in an enclosed area to have a four or $5,000 dinner. Yeah, that's hypocrisy. By the way, Newsom's going to probably be recalled, so he, he'll get his. Cruz didn't gain anything from his travel by lying about the situation, except maybe getting a headache in the next election. So he says, you know, yeah, I went. Yeah, I went. He apologized. Cuomo had a bad policy, killed people, wrote a book about how great his leadership was during the epidemic, designed a poster to show how great his leadership was during the pandemic, and won an enemy. I'm pretty sure his crappy policies, not only did he kill 6,500 people and 6,400 people, it's going to be more than that, but he actually got, he actually made money off of it. He actually got awards and acknowledgments over it and then got caught as a liar. Not the same thing. It was bad look uh, for Cruz. It was tone deaf by Cruz, but he didn't cause any of this and didn't kill anyone. Cruz apologized, and I think that was a mistake. You make the mistake, you say, yeah, I went. He should have said, yeah, I went. It was bad optics. I shouldn't have gone. But, you know, I promised my kids I'd take them. No one's going to forgive him from from the... Uh, no one's going to forgive him except conservatives who like his policies. The left will never forgive him. So apologizing is irrelevant. It's not, not a thing. I personally think it was a mistake, and we all make mistakes him going to to uh, Cabo San Lucas, or Cabo, or wherever he went. But his apology will be used by the leftists to crucify him in the future, so why even bother doing it? This is something with cancel culture. Don't fall into the cancel culture. Never apologize. Seems to me he's just not taking the even heat uh, that is given to... Republicans versus what's given the Democrats. I mean, they're not even talking about Andrew Cuomo on CNN. His brother's not allowed to talk to, about Cuomo on CNN. It just seems to me, yeah, maybe that would be kind of a story you'd wanna, you'd wanna look, you'd wanna keep talking about. But it's just not that big of a deal because it's happened to a Democrat. If it happened to a Republican, like I don't know, he takes a vacation in the middle of a storm that he didn't cause, and the power goes out, which he had nothing to do with, uh, we need to keep talking about this for three to four days. And the Gorilla Glue Girl saga continues. I'm not, it, her name's Tessica, I, I can't remember, I think Tessica Jackson or Johnson or something. I don't care, I'm not going to use her name, I'll just call her the Gorilla Glue Girl, because this poor gal is just taking, taking it in the neck as it is, so... Um, it really is just a very stupid story, but it is too deliciously funny to ignore. So I, we've got, we've got to go through, and then it just, it just keeps going. It doesn't seem to end. Now, I, I will bet you my left arm, this gal actually ends up 
on her own reality TV show on USA or something. I am. I will bet my left arm this is going to happen. And she'll end up a millionaire after this whole thing is done. She'll blow it on Gorilla Glue for her hair, but I guarantee you that she's going to be. So what was that story? Just a little reminder. Some gal, she ran out of hairspray to keep her hair stiff. So she went out and said, well, maybe this Gorilla Glue, which is basically super glue, will work. So she spread the glue all over her hair, and a month later she realized it's not coming off. She thought it would come. First off, why would you think if it didn't come off after a day or two days or three days, why, what took you a month? So she goes on, She goes on. I think it was Instagram or Snapchat, one of those places, and she says it got stuck in her hair, and it went viral, and now she's world famous. Well, good news. Uh, she had her surgery and her hair is fixed. Um, it's 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 been basically taken off. The glue has been completely removed. Her hair is in patches. Some of the skin is damaged, but the hair will grow out uh, again. She can't gussy herself up, so she's not going to be able to use any hair product for a little while. Um, so she, every time you see her on Instagram, you're going to see her with a hat on. So that's a thing. Bad news is her GoFundMe account has been suspended because the company, GoFundMe, is investigating her for fraud. There are several bloggers who say that she was full of beans and this never happened. It was just so that she gets the money. She had about $28,000 in her GoFundMe account and she was going to use it to pay her doctor when the account was flagged and then she wasn't able to actually pull down any of the money. Um... If her surgery only cost her 17000 in theory, she's going to make about a $10,000 profit. So she's going to make some money. I don't know how GoFundMe works. If you say, I need $17,000 for this and you get 28000 what happens with that 11000 But I mean, if these people are idiots enough to give this other idiot uh, $28,000, you know, let her keep it. I mean, they're, they're, they're dumb. Who, who's dumber? The dummy or the dummy that follows? Yeah. If people are stupid enough to donate, let them lose their money. Um, there was a rumor that she was actually going to sue the company that makes Gorilla Glue for $10 million because the company did not put any warnings on the bottle. Well, actually, they did do have warnings on the bottle not to avoid skin any type of skin contact, and they do actually tell you how to get it off. So I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. Uh, she told the Washington Post that the story was untrue. She's not going to sue any anybody. And that was probably going to be the smartest thing she could do. Could you imagine her going to a courthouse and actually reporting this? Uh, and I really don't think she would have any any case in that matter anyway because there is uh, there are warnings on the bottle. The company that makes Gorilla Glue, if she does assume, they can afford it. Apparently, their product has gone uh, has uh, gone straight up as far as sales. Uh, I guess this gal's viral video was actually the best uh, advertising they could get uh, because the the glue is just can't stay on the shelves. Finally, the final part of the story is the Washington Post informed us why this gal put Gorilla Glue in her hair. It wasn't, and it wasn't surprisingly, it wasn't because she was an idiot. It's because of that old bugaboo systemic racism. 
I, it's it, this was such a terribly written story. So this is uh, I I can't remember who wrote it. Uh, I think I wrote it down here someplace. Well, I don't know. I'll look it up. Her name's Letitia something. Um, Neil Lester said he initially thought that Brown's problem was a prank, but as she continued to follow the story, as he continued to follow the story, he said it reminded him of all the ways black Americans have used unusual hair products to manipulate or style their hair. Quote, I thought of Malcolm X and his experience with the conch, said the foundation professor of English and the founding director of Project Humanities at Arizona State University, referring to the hair straightener made of lye, eggs, and potatoes used by many black people in the earlier and middle part of the 20th century. That's, quote, that stringing started with enslaved people using axle grease and dirty dishwasher with oil. Enslaved men used axle wheel grease as a means to dye their hair or temporarily straighten it, and women would use butter fat from bacon and grease from geese to care for their hair, according to the hair story, Untangling of the Roots of Black Hair in America. Who would actually write a book like that? I don't know. Anyway, he continued, Lori Tharp says, sometimes a piece of cloth warmed over a flame would be pulled across the head and worn for a short while to stretch out the curly, uh, the curls. End quote. Conversations about their hair, especially black hair, continued to evolve, Lester said, pointing out how Olympian Gabby Douglas has talked about uh, was talked about when her edges weren't slick enough for some or the criticism lodged at superstar Beyonce for allowing her oldest daughter's curl uh, daughter's curls and kinks to do their own thing. I've never heard any of that stuff before. I mean, I, I, I didn't know there was like a history in this. The story stopped with the racism thing for a while, and it, and it just went on. So you figured, okay, she's just going to throw this right in the middle of the of the document. And then it's, it started going into the story of Gorilla Glue Girls. She's talking about how her surgery went, how it hurts, how she can't do anything with her hair right now. She said she wasn't going to sue anyone. She bitched about not getting her money from GoFundMe. All the mundane crap you would expect to hear from such a simpleton. I thought the commentary was over, but the Washington Post decided to beat this dead horse of racism. They concluded the article, Black women's hair choices are often labeled as self-hate or Afrocentric, with no in-between, said Kristen Denise Rowe, professor of American Studies at the California State University Fullerton. I'm going long. It goes for another five paragraphs. They talk about um, how bad they felt about their hair, how anti-black uh, the hair products are, the U.S. Army and, and Navy grooming standards. Crap. I mean, all this stuff that really had nothing to do with this gal putting crazy glue in her hair. A couple things about this article. When I write, I try and avoid doing what this writer did. Of course, I believe in perfectionism, and you should always strive for perfectionism. So, as you know from yesterday's podcast, I'm a white supremacist. And the writer is more woke than I am, so it doesn't work. Oh, the name, the gal's name is Leticia uh, Beecham. That's who wrote this from the Washington Post. What she did was use facts about a really stupid story. Facts are what I was looking for here. I wanted to find out what was going on with this chick. Then try to mix deep intellectual societal commentary. 
using college professors to make comments. Do I really need to know the reasons a Cal State Fullerton professor thinks why this gal stuck super glue in her hair? I know. I don't think so. And I probably don't think it had anything to do with racism. I think she's just dumb. I also question what our university professors are doing all day. They seem to be always they seem to always seem to have some special historical and political opinions on some of the most mundane, stupid crap. I could be a professor or columnist for the Washington Post. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I bet I could come up with a thousand word article on why shoelaces are racist and promote and uh, shoelaces are racist and promote the patriarchy. I bet I could do that. I bet I should do that in my column. Then I can send it to the Washington Post and see if they buy it. I I just all I need is enough time. I could come up with anything. God, we're living in a culture of idiots. Oh, speaking of idiots, uh, last story, very short story, story, very dumb story. Marxist socialist Andrea Ocasio-Cortez says she has given up meat for Lent. As a matter of fact, she is going vegan for Lent. Why is this dumb? Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is so stupid she doesn't realize Marxist socialists don't believe in God and therefore don't celebrate Lent. Pretty sad that a Democratic Republican capitalist knows more about Marxism than a Marxist. I guess she has been a little too busy in her last job making pina coladas to spend some time reading the Communist Manifesto. Yes, folks, that's the person we should have defining economic policy. Okay, you can uh, follow me on Parlor at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Run and Fool, R U N N I N F E W L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website where you can actually read some of these really interesting stories for yourself at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Enjoy your weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.